Welcome. We are so glad that you are joining us today at our Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. Stay tuned for today's message. We hope it encourages your heart and empowers you to follow Jesus. Enjoy. his custom to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Amen, that's good advice. And when he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing to remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Amen. If Jesus needs to be strengthened, we do too. Amen. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them, found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and a man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? He's ready to get down with me. And then one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. He touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who came out against him, have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, did you not lay hands on me? But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Let's pray over the message. Father, I pray over this message, Lord. I pray over the hearts of your people. I yield myself to you, Lord. I don't know, Lord God, but I ask for you to teach them through me, Lord Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. We honor you as Master and Lord. We cannot make it without you, Lord God. How shall we know unless you teach us, Lord? How shall we get it, Lord God, unless you reveal it to us? So I pray for understanding this morning in reference to the resurrection in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to our wonderful service. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. This day is monumental to all believers today. It's very important to gain the understanding of the resurrection. It's so important. Amen. This day represents the day Jesus defeated death and came back from the grave. Hopefully after today, you will have a better understanding of the significance of the resurrection and how you can take part in the same power that actually got Jesus up. Let me say that again. How you can take part in the same power that actually got Jesus up. Have you ever thought about the purpose of the resurrection? What does it have to do with me? Or what does it have to do with us? Why all the celebrating every year? What is it about today that gets everybody and their cousin to church? <laughs> Let's talk about it. 
The repercussions of the transgression that Adam committed left mankind in an impossible state to come back from. This one single act brought death into the world. The evidence of death is all around us. Can we take witness to that? All we have to do is cut on the TV and you can see the evidence of death all around us. Now, we're not talking about dying, but death. All right? Death is separated from God's blessed influence. So we see death everywhere. I mean, it becomes so normal for us to see death. All we have to do is cut on the news. You see the result. That's the result of Adam's sin. It, the results that you see on the news has nothing to do with God. All right? The earth was perfect, and it is, everything in it was perfect, including us. God can't create something flawed or imperfect. Can I say that again? God can't create something flawed or imperfect. All that comes from God is good and perfect gifts. That's all that comes from a God. Mankind was never created for death. Mankind was never created for death. Man was created to live and thrive. Mankind would never get used to death. You would never get used to death. Death is the result of not having life. In all of mankind, there is a desire to live and prosper. In every human being, there is a desire to live and prosper. Now that uh, is defined differently, but mankind wants to live as a whole. When someone we know dies, the reality of death always soberly reminds us of short and precious life really is. To humanity, death is king. Death has never been defeated until Jesus, amen. No one ever came back from the dead until Jesus, amen. Until Jesus, death reigned supreme. No other religion in the world has this testimony that our God became man and died on the cross in our place and on the third day rose from the dead. This same God over 14 years ago knocked on the door of my heart. And I let him in. Then he kicked out death that was in my soul. So now he lives. He's alive today. And he's living in me. Amen. Can you relate to the resurrection? Has Jesus resurrected you? Has he, have, he, have you come back from the dead? Amen. Christianity is about coming from darkness to light, coming from the power of Satan to God. Christianity is not just church. Christianity is not just a religion or a system. All right? It's coming back from the dead. Have you been born again? Has Jesus kicked out darkness out of your soul? Amen? We all supposed to be able to relate to the resurrection. Every born-again believer is supposed to be, be able to relate. That's what baptism is all about. Baptism is going down one person and coming up another person, alive and new. Amen? And this is Christianity. Point number one. To know someone versus knowing about someone. Oh, let's get it. Let's get it. Many claim to know the Lord. 
the sad reality, many only know about the Lord. Through the means of the internet and social media, we have the ability to access, to have access to the world through the click of a button. This ability has given us the illusion that we can have an intimate relationship with an individual without personally, personally experiencing them. Many of us have celebrities as friends. How many of y'all got a celebrity as a friend? Or y'all like they page? All right. On our social media accounts. And many make the claim that they know one of these, some of these people. But they actually just know about them. My point is this. There is a difference between knowing things about someone and knowing someone. More specifically, the difference between knowing things someone does and knowing who someone is. There is a reason people celebrate them. Whether it's because of a movie, a song, a sports, hence celebrity. That's the reason we celebrate celebrities. That's why they call celebrities. We celebrate them. Why? Not for who they are. We celebrate them because of something they do. And a lot of times, we, I mean, y'all like, I mean, you look at a lot of movies by Denzel. You know, you almost think Denzel before training day. Can we say before training day? Okay, before training day, we almost thought Denzel was like on the cloud somewhere because he did John Q, man. I like John Q, man. Willing to give his own, own self for his son. I like, I like Denzel. But knowing somebody by what they do is not knowing them. And out of all the movies, I grew up, I've been knowing Denzel or about Denzel. <laughs> All my life. But I can misinterpret just because I know of him that I actually know him. You see how I almost did it? I know Denzel. Why? He, his face been on TV for so long, right? But you don't know how he like his oatmeal. You don't know if he, have, he slob all on his pillow and his wife got to sleep about two feet away. We don't know, though, right? But his wife do. His wife, know him, or supposed to anyway. Amen. But for whatever reason, they get their attention, all right? LeBron James is more than just a basketball player, right? That's just what he's famous for, all right? We live in a society where Jesus and Christianity is a household brand. Just like polos, Jordans, just like Nikes. We live in a society where Jesus is so common that we hear about the resurrection. We know about the cross. We've been to church our whole life. But God never equates because you've been going to church your whole life that you know him. That don't mean you know God because you know you've been hearing Jesus' name. I've been hearing Denzel's name my whole life. <laughs> but that don't mean I know Denzel. Right? This, um, this can cause one to think that just because Jesus and the knowledge of Jesus and what he's done is known by us that we actually know Jesus. But this is only knowing about 
the Lord. Can I say that again? This is only knowing about the Lord. I've met many people who go to church, sing in choir, on the usher board, amen, on the mother's board, (laughs) and they ain't got no clue on who the master is, no clue on who Jesus is. Why? Yes, ma'am. It's fine. Hold on. We'll read it in a minute. Get Luke 24. What you say? One through three. Luke 24, one through three. We'll read it. Oh, that's on my sweet Aniston. Many go to church, but many are not saved. They no more saved than I'm a dinosaur. I'm serious, y'all. This is serious because it's really hindering a lot of people from getting saved. It's hindering a lot of people from coming to know the Lord. Many are what the Bible called nominal Christians. Nominal Christians. Let me break that word down. Nominal means by name only. They are nominal Christians. That means we so, used, we so freely give out these terms Christian and label everybody a Christian. And to be called a Christian is to be called one that looks like Christ. We done made Christianity a system. Let me, let me say that again. Many have a relationship with a system. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. Many have a relationship with a denomination. But God wants you to know who he is. He don't want you to know a system. You, you talk to a lot of people. You first thing, when I talk to a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people on the streets, and I, ask these, I like to ask questions because you, it reveals what a person believes. So I say, how do you know you're going to heaven? And they say, oh, I'm a Baptist. I say, huh? Being a Baptist don't make you go to heaven. Being a Baptist or I'm a Catholic. I say, oh, okay, praise God. Jesus needs to die for you too. Because that's not what saves us. Many have a relationship. Whenever they say that, whenever people believe that and speak like that, they have a relationship with a system. Or have you, I mean, y'all heard this one. Oh, my grandmama is a preacher. My auntie, my, pa- my auntie is a pastor. Or my uncle preaches. But this has nothing to do with if you know the Lord. Has nothing to do with if you know the Lord. Matthew chapter, not Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Now, that's a great, that's a great statement for Jesus to say that. Jesus said, I don't know you. 
And then we can relate back to the um, celebrities. We might know LeBron James or know of him, but do he know you? You might know of a particular celebrity, but do they know you? Huh? Now, even me, you might know of me, but do you know me or do I know you? Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 through 9 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So many people, relationship with the Lord is only with their lips. It's not with their heart. And one of the responsibilities as a pastor is to help you come to know whether your relationship with God is just on your lips or is it coming out of your heart? Because many have said, I love the Lord. How many of y'all said that statement? I love the Lord. Most people's love for the Lord is an affection. It's a feeling. It's, a, it's because they know they should love the Lord. All right, but Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Then what does that mean? If you love me, you will do what I say. And that's what I teach my kids. How do you know, son, come here, come on up. I know I ain't tell them. Come on up. How do you love daddy? How do you show me you love me? Oh, okay, there you go. Go sit down, son. My son's love for me ain't just, I love you, daddy. He know that he show his love to me by doing what I say. When he said, when I said, come up here, and he came, he just loved me. All right? When I tell him to be quiet, and he be quiet, he just loved me. All right? Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So your love for the Lord isn't just, I love the Lord. I say I love the Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they did that on coming to America, man. That ain't love for the Lord because you walk around talking about, I love the Lord. I sent you on something else, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Help me, Jesus. If you get straight. I just remember a whole bunch of stuff. But your love for the Lord ain't supposed to be just with your lips. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. What does that mean? If you love me, you'll do what I say. Okay. And how do you prove your love for me? Amen. Many people say they love me. How would you prove your love for me? You will honor what I say. You will honor it. I'm not God, but I honor what you say. If you ask me to come over and I said I was coming, my love for you is coming over when I said I was coming. That's my love for you. If I say I'm going to pick you up at 945, guess what? If I love you, I'll be there. Many people don't keep their word. They don't keep their word. I love you, sir. Jesus. Sit down and be quiet. There you go. He okay, sis. Scared. He okay. I love you. 
I love you too. But many don't keep their word. And I cannot afford, what if I wasn't up here? What if what, it's time for the preach and then all of a sudden you just, what Pastor Jeff said? I don't know where he is. What Pastor Jeff said? I don't know, man. Something ain't right around here. Where yet? What if I ain't where I was supposed to be? You'll come get me. It, I, would, I would think somebody would come get me. If you love me. Or if you know I love you. Amen. So, Jesus says here. Let me bring it back up. A true relationship with Jesus is just not knowing about Jesus. Many people got a relationship with Jesus and they just know about him. They don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus. There is evidence for you to know if you know Jesus or not. There are some things in the Bible that God has left us some clues that you can determine if you know the Lord, not me. All right? You can analyze your, the Bible says that we have to analyze our faith to know that we are of the household of faith. We need to examine ourselves, and we'll do that this, this, after the service. We're going to have communion uh, after the service. But there are some things that you can do and know from the Scripture's perspective whether you know Jesus or not. Amen? And we already know, we already went over a couple of evidence. You have an obedience to Jesus. Your allegiance would be to Jesus and not to me or not to a church or not to a facility or not to a system. My allegiance is not to a system. My allegiance is to Jesus. The reason I'm up here is because of Jesus. The reason I'm up here, I, my, 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 I didn't strive to be here. I didn't work hard to be here. But Jesus said, do this. Jesus said, love my people, feed my sheep. So I'm going to do that out of my allegiance to Jesus. I'm going to do that because he took my sins away. He rose again. He defeated death on my behalf. Death reigned king in my life. And it's reigning king over all mankind. And until we come to know Jesus in an intimate relationship, what does that look like? What does an intimate relationship look like? It's not just you conversing to God and telling him all your problems and you spilling everything on God. No, he need to come and spill some stuff on you. What if you had a friend and every time y'all got on the phone, you talked on the phone. And the whole time. They. You know, they did this. And never really gave you time to speak. And then when they got through, when you want to say, yeah, girl, you know, yeah, and then they butt in and break you off again. <laughs> and then at the end, when they get through, they just hang up and say, click. And, and you're like, what? How would, how would that relationship last? Not too long. Not too long. Not too long. And sometimes I even, I even give, I got people who know my number and I got to be careful about that. And they send me texts, and I look at the history of their texts, and all that texts is, can you do this? Can you help us with this? Can you do this for me? Would you mind? I don't mean to bother you, but can you do this for me? 
Can you do this? For, no, no, I'm not, I'm not serious. I'm not laughing. It's no joke. Can you do this for me? Would you mind doing this? I'm looking at 15 texts. Not one time do they say, how are you doing today? What's going on, Jasper? How you doing? They don't know what I like. They don't know what I don't like. They don't know if I like basketball. They don't know if I like football. They don't know. They don't know me. Why? And what does that send a signal to me about? They don't want to know me. They only, my relationship with them is only about what I can do for them. Many people got a relationship with God based on what he can do for them. How do you think that made God feel if he had feelings? How do you think that made God feel that all the t- our relationship with him is only us speaking to him and he's never really getting to say nothing back to us? What kind of relationship is that? It's not one. Just the definition of a relationship is the, the root word is to relate. Is to relate. Amen. So, many of you, if you was getting married, if you was about to get married, you wanted to get to what? First, you're going to get to what? You're going to get to know them. What does that take? It takes conversing. You listen to them, they listen to you. If you want to get to know anybody in the whole entire world, you will have to shut this trap and start what? Listening. Open them ears. And receive words. You will have to receive some words. You will have to listen. All right? And so I encourage you today. To get a relationship with Jesus. That means you will have to start being open to his words. Number one way God want to speak to you is through his word. When the last time you opened that book? When the last time Jesus spoke to you? Not you speaking to him. We worship to him, sing to him, glorify him. But I believe God wants to speak. Especially when Jesus got all these commandments saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. Jesus said, if you live in accordance to what I say, You'll be my disciple indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so there's evidence that we can go by. 1 John 3, verse 14 said, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. One thing that all Christians should have is a love for people. If you don't have a love for people, you probably need to be born again. I'm just telling you the truth. Because how in the world, you got many, I talked to many people sitting at the house because of folks in leadership position, and they don't even know how to love like Jesus. Folks in leadership position, hurting folks, hurting them, ain't caring about it. I mean, if I had a choice, I would smack them in the spirit. I say it in the spirit now. And normally I do like to shake them and rattle them because they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And they have no business being over people and you don't know how to love. No business. You need to get born again. 
There's no way you get in leadership and you don't have love here. Ain't no way. When the Bible says this is the evidence that you know you come from death to life because you love the brethren. I ain't even said you stopped smoking yet. I ain't even said you had stopped cussing yet. But we at least should have some love for people. Have love for people. If we ain't got it, then we got to get it. Amen? Because it's not right that we're in the business of people and we don't have what it takes to, to love people. Amen? The Bible says that we, 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 when uh, the, love, the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, another scripture says, Romans 8. Verse 12 through uh, 17. So then, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Can I say that again? If you, will, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put the death to deeds of the body, you will live. What does that look like? What does it look like to put the death to deeds of the body? It looked like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, not my will, but your will be done. If, you, if Jesus hadn't challenged you to not do your will, I question you got a relationship with him. Because Jesus will always start pressing you to not do what you want and to do what he want. It looked like the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, Father, Will this cup be passed for me? Then Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. That's a relationship with God. You will begin to start, okay, yes, Lord, I want to do this, but the Lord say, no, nah, I'll do this. And you say, yes, Lord. Now, if you can't say, yes, Lord, and go do it, then you need to be on your face like Jesus was in the garden crying and saying, Lord, change my will because I'm about to sin against you. Lord God, I don't want to do what I want. If you really want me to do what you want, Lord, help me. Not my will, but your will be done. And it happens in prayer with a personal relationship with him. If you, Jesus ain't challenging you, challenging your will, challenging you to do what he want versus you doing what you want, that's not a relationship with God. Many people, they don't go this far with Jesus. They rather, they, 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 you, can, you can sing in the choir, you can, you, can, you can work in the church, you can do all this stuff. You can be a pastor and still not do that. It ain't supposed to be. But many people, it don't, but I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Praise God. It don't take trust in the Lord to do a lot of stuff that can be done in the church. You can do all that in the flesh. And I'm not beating up on y'all who serve, but I do tweak your motives. You can do a bunch of stuff in the church and not trust the Lord. It don't require no trust in the Lord to do it. Why? Because it just takes hard work. And we can do that in the place. We do that out in the world. But there is a relationship that he want to get in that wheel. If Jesus had to do it, we got to do it. Why? Because it's okay for the, the students to be as they master. If I got to say no to my flesh, you got to say no to yours too. Shoot, man, ain't no way I'm going to be the only one living holy in the church. Amen? If you got to say, if I got to say no to mine, you got to say no to yours. Ain't no way. Amen? 
shoot, you sitting around parlaying. I'm like, I'm crucifying my Christ. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And, and, and y'all parlaying? No, it ain't happening. No, no, we getting in our face with Jesus, man. We all seeking the Lord together. I can't go do mine. I can't go sneak around the car. You know what? Let me go ahead. Everybody got a flesh. Hold on. Everybody, everybody got a flesh. If I can't do it, you can't. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yes. And uh, our third point is, <laughs> we got a video, man, you know. And they about to play it, you know, praise God. Amen. Amen. But this right here changed you. I guarantee it changed you. I know how it used to be. Used to. I know how it used to be, man. And guess what I had to do? Not my will, y'all. Change me, Lord Jesus. Amen. Many people got a relationship with God, but it's on their own terms. It's on their own understanding. I just don't, I just believe. Just I I just don't believe. I just believe. And we can't have what we personally believe. We have to have what Jesus say. Amen. And so, amen. Run that third point, Freddie. Y'all check out this video. No other king could vanquish the war horse or silence the warrior's rage while riding the lowly back of a donkey. No other king could break the dominion of darkness, the tyranny of evil, with a reign of grace and a kingdom of peace. No other king could give his life for the redemption of rebels, his wealth to welcome the outcast. Jesus is that king, the king of glory, son of the living God. Not just another king, not just another prophet, not just another teacher. He was the one the world had been waiting for. The one to deliver us from captivity, the son of David and Abraham's chosen seed. He is the goal of the Mosaic law, Yahweh in the flesh. He is the one to establish God's reign and rule, to heal the sick, give sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, and proclaim good news to the poor. This Jesus was the creator come to earth and the beginning of a new creation. He embodied the covenant, fulfilled the commandments, and reversed the curse. This Jesus is the Christ that God spoke of to the serpent, the one prefigured to Noah in the flood, the one promised to Abraham, the one guaranteed to Moses before he died, the one promised to David during his reign, the one revealed to Isaiah as a suffering servant, the one predicted through the prophets and prepared for through John the Baptist. He is the Father's Son, Savior of the world, and substitute for our sins. More loving, more holy, and more wonderfully terrifying than we ever thought possible. He is our Jesus, and there is no other king like him. He is our God, our glory, our victorious Savior. There is no other king like him. 
is no other king. Amen. Amen. In closing. anything I said stimulates you into a relationship with Jesus, if anything I said pricks your heart, what better time is to start over inside? And it's not about coming to the altar. It's not about showing yourself to us, even though when you do have, when you do make a, when a change is made in your heart, it can be seen in your actions. It can be seen. Uh, and if we're dealing with areas that we can't move past, they've been around for a long time, and we've really just given up and made it a part of our character, you know, made excuses for it. Just saying, this is just the way I am. No, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new. And I submit to you not to give up. It's to press past how you've been for years. Making adjustments in your heart. Allowing God in this area. Not running from it. Saying how it is. Being honest. Lord, I need you. I have a problem. Lord, I don't know you. I've been found today. I really don't know you. Like Pastor Jasper is expressing. It's okay. What ain't okay is to stay like that. What ain't okay is when the Lord reveals and prick your heart and you act like it ain't in, he didn't do nothing, it ain't happening, and you ain't nothing wrong. That ain't okay. But it's okay that you like that. Because without Jesus, we all got areas. Mine is no different than yours. I let Jesus in mine. Because I know that's the only way I'm going to be able to stop. I know Jesus is the only way that I'm going to be able to overcome these errors. I know Jesus is the only way. And I first must be honest. We can't make excuses for these areas. We can't defend these areas. We can't argue for and fight for these areas. We have to yield to the Holy Spirit and yield to Jesus. He loves us. He loves us so much. Thanks again for joining us on our Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Look, if you'd like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great rest of your week. God bless.